Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I am here with yet another High Demand Coach, and that is the one and only Donna Dubay. She is a certified director of operations and a business growth strategist who works with established online service-based business owners who are ready to make a bigger impact and maximize their profit while they do it. She does this by helping them leverage their time, talent, and tactics so that business owners can go from solopreneur to a confident CEO without sacrificing their life, their health, or their relationships. Donna believes that the most important asset you have is in your business is you and your time. And so being intentional and purposeful with how you use your time can really propel you and your business forward. No team, no system, no automation can outperform a lack of focus. Donna, there's so much to jump in here. I'm so excited about this episode. Before we get to all of that, though, tell us your story. What what were you doing before you know, launching CEO Amplify and how'd that lead you to make the leap? Yeah. Well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate being here and happy to share. So like any many entrepreneurs, my journey to where I am now is windy and twisty, not a straight and narrow path, for sure. Um, so I actually started my career as a nurse. I was an ICU nurse for a number of years. Um, you might think, well, how in the world does that come into helping CEOs and entrepreneurs? Um, and really, again, I didn't think it would, but it did. And so as my kids um, grew and I was looking for something else, I decided to move into online world and do project management. So I was coming into um, online business owners projects to help them manage sort of one aspect of their business. And while I enjoyed that, I really found there was so much more right? I could see CEOs being stressed, team being stressed, not sure if we're going to hire, how do we delegate, a lot of things going on that I wanted to be able to dive into and help them with. And so from there, I really moved more into the operations side and more into actually helping the CEO or business leader really leverage those three things, their time, their talent, and their tactics so that they can grow their business to the next level without this sanity and keep their sanity. I mean, um, because, you know, as so many entrepreneurs are on down that path of burnout and, yeah. you know, it's a sad state and some end up actually closing shop just because, you know, we couldn't keep it all together. So, yeah. um, certainly for my own journey, I had some of that. I didn't get to a point of, you know, massive burnout where I needed hospitalization or any of that, but I was working 24 seven, right? I enjoyed what I was doing, but it was my family saying, you know, mom, where are you? can you take me here? Like you're not present with me anymore, right? Finally, my husband sat down and said, something's going to break. 
and I don't want it to be our family. So you well, you can make a change somewhere, right? And wow. I didn't want to hear that. Of course I didn't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a time when I had to really take a critical look and say, okay, I gotta take a step back and see how can I do this in a sustainable way. Yeah. And and how can you do that? What was the shift that took place that really helped you unlock that? Yeah. Really, it was looking at how I'm using my time. So, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? But how can I use my time to the best of my ability for the business that I have? And so it's really taking a look at, I'm the founder, I'm the visionary, I'm the leader, but the things I'm doing day to day, don't, don't you know, I'll emphasize that. What I'm doing is maintenance tasks, I'm in admin, I'm doing customer service, I'm sending emails, I'm setting up landing pages, I'm making Canva graphics. Those are not tasks that are CEO level work, yeah. right? So, so I really had to take a step back and say, if I'm the visionary, if I'm the leader of this company, then I need to be having time in my week that looks at that. I need to be looking at what I call growth level tasks, things that have a direct involvement in moving my business forward and increasing my revenue. Yeah. And what would be some kind of high impact growth tasks uh, that you, you, you help your clients to achieve? Yes, for sure. So in that growth task business is things like JV partnerships, networking. If you're still doing sales calls, it's part of the deal. If you don't have a sales team in your business yet, um, taking what I call a CEO power hour, which is really a CEO day with yourself. Once a week, non-negotiable, same time every week. And what you're doing in that hour is really reviewing, reflecting, and making sure you know what your top three priorities are for that week. And then having time blocked off in your calendar to make sure those top priorities are getting done. Yeah, that is such a big point because it's one thing to sit down and kind of plan, hey, this is what I need to do. But if that never makes it to your calendar, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge to get there. Uh, I love that last step. Uh, so kind of nuts and bolts practical, and then we'll zoom out a little bit. When is it best to do your power hour? Mm -hmm. So really, I choose Monday morning. That's what works for me. But it really doesn't matter. It's what works best for you. So if you want to do it on a Friday afternoon at the end of the week to set your next week up for success, that's fine. If you have some quiet time on Sunday and you prefer to do it then, it's fine. So the time really doesn't matter. What's more important is that you block that one hour off. It's recurring and it's non-negotiable. Right. No. So the only thing that can get in the way of that is some major life crisis. Right. Oh. So treat it very important. Like it's a sales call, like it's an important meeting that you have just as important. If we think about major big businesses, the CEOs are sitting down with the board of directors, with the VP of sales, with the VP of marketing and getting an idea of what's happening in the business and where they're going forward. And this is really a time for us to do the same, even though we don't have that same team behind us. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Well, so one of the things that I, I, I saw as I was researching the episode, this idea of a transformation or transition from kind of solopreneur to CEO. And so I'd wonder, could you just contrast those two for a moment? What's the difference between a solopreneur with CEO on their business card and what would you, what you would define as a true CEO? Yes, for sure. So we all start out like solopreneurs, right? We've got a good idea. We, we start a business and we're doing everything, Right. Everything under the sun we're doing because we have no team, we have no support. And many times we're pulling different ideas and trying different things from what we're hearing 
and all the noise out there of what we should be doing or what we could be doing, right? And so it's a, a time of experimenting, a time of trial and error, of learning fast, of failing quick. Um, and so we find something that's working, finding something that is bringing us some return on investment. Then once we start to grow our business a little bit bigger, we've got some more revenue coming in. We're now capped out. We're at full capacity. We want to grow more, but we can't, right? We're putting in as many hours as we can, and we still can't do everything we want to do. And so that's a time when we have to start looking again at who can we bring in to help support us and help us to grow even further. So no matter what your business is, we all reach that plateau where mm. our revenue is at a certain point. We can't go further because we're maxed out in terms of capacity. And so that's when we have to start looking on bringing on team members. And then how do we lead and manage those team members now that they, we have them? And these don't have to be full-time employees, right? In this online world, we can bring in a contractor for five hours a week, right? But if you think about it, if you're being intentional with your time, if you give away something that's taking you five hours a week and you replace that with something that's a growth level tax for five hours a week, now you've made a huge difference in yeah. how you're spending your time. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. What, what would you say, because uh, you're doing this with a, a lot of different CEOs, what would you say is the first hire? Uh, what, what should, if folks are sitting there, they're like, I'm in the C, uh, I'm in the solopreneur spot, I'm maxed, I'm exhausted, I need some help. Where do they look first? Yes. So my suggestion there is to make a list of the tasks that you're currently doing that you don't enjoy and that are, in your opinion, a time suck. So taking a lot of time out of what you're doing in the week. Once you have those tasks written down, then you can kind of look at them and say, what kind of area do they fit in? Is this an admin type of work? Is this an executive assistant type of work? I need help planning if you're traveling a lot or you've got outside things. Or is this you know, a social media content type of role? And so really having those tasks listed out will help you see what kind of role that will fit into. And then from there, actually making a job description so that who you're looking to to hire is clear on the role, what your ex expectations are. And in that job description, so, so important to include your vision and your values. And the reason for that is because it's easy to hire someone who, who you know, you can teach them the skills, right? Go in this software tool, set it up this way. It should look like this. Here's my branding colors. But it's much harder to hire someone who's aligned in your values. You can't teach them values. And so when you hire someone who's aligned in your values, it's a much smoother relationship and much easier long-term to work right. with them. So you wanna right. put those values in right at the beginning at the job description so that you are attracting those people with the similar values and repelling those who you know don't um, don't fit your value. Yeah. And, and so I can imagine someone sitting there, you know, they're, they're probably doing about nine things right now while they're listening to this mm -hmm. episode. Uh, and, yes. and they're like, yeah, okay, that's great for, for X, Y, Z, right? It was like, I don't even have time to come up with value. So I'm going to come up with a job description. Uh, I guess the, the first question would actually be, why is it for that person? Why is it actually worth it to make that time? Mm -hmm. Yes. So again, you can bring this down to numbers. I'm a very objective person. So if you look at it and say, okay, I'm too busy. I don't have time to do the values, the job description, all these things. I'm just going to keep doing all the tasks. And if you look at what is your hourly rate as a business leader or CEO, 
And then you map out what those tasks you were doing times your hourly rate. So my hourly rate is X amount. I was in Canva for an hour and a half making social media posts. When you see the value of what that costs you, yeah. when you times it by your hourly rate, you're going to well, fall off your chair. Yeah. Right? It's true. It's very true. <laughs> and so when we look at it objectively like that, it's like, yes, I don't have time to set up these things. But if we don't set up those things, it's actually costing us a significant amount more. Mm. Yeah, right? it's so true. You know, it's the same as if you have a new product program or service that you want to put out in the world. You have to do some work beforehand to get your messaging right, to get emails out there, to have a webinar or whatever you're going to do to, you know, market this. You have to do some work beforehand, right? Um, and it's the same when you want to hire someone. So the yeah. gain is there, but you do have to put in some effort beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to shift gears a little bit uh, and talk about something that I saw again was a, a theme through a lot of your content is this idea of of kind of entrepreneurial overwhelm. Why, why is that such, I mean, these are high capacity people, you know, it's not that, you know, and so why is it that we have these very, very high capacity, very intelligent, very sharp folks and, and, and overwhelm is almost, uh, in, in every single one of those environments. Mm -hmm. Yes. Again, I think it's a, a situation where we're growing and we're bringing on more and more things in our business and we end up being the bottleneck because we have to make the decisions. We have to <laughs> have our hands in each yeah. of the pieces, right? So again, it's taking off that hat and putting really putting on the CEO hat and saying, no, I need to think like a visionary and not like a leader of my business. And when I have the team, doesn't matter how small, I need to give them autonomy. I need to say, these are the priorities. This is the expectations. And I need to let them run with it, mm -hmm. right? Yes, yeah. I can mentor and I can give feedback, but if I'm micromanaging and on top of every little piece, of course I'm going to feel overwhelmed. Yeah, that's so true. It's, I think the 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 kind of dark irony in in that is you're doing things that aren't actually moving you forward. So you're wearing yourself out and your team out, and it's actually <laughs> slowing you down. Uh, is that right? Yes, hundred yes, percent. Yeah, stunning, stunning. So. You mentioned this idea, this exercise of going through and, and what are the things you're spending a lot of time on that, 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 you know, are time sucks that you don't really enjoy doing. Is there anything that you would say, even if you don't enjoy it, it's still your job as CEO? Yes, for sure. And so those, again, are some things in your growth level tasks, right? So you might not really enjoy in-person networking, but that is part of your business. You're the face and the brand of your business. You can't delegate that to a team member, Right. Um, and so there will be situations where there's going to be a piece we don't really enjoy. I'm an operator through and through, and marketing is not my favorite thing to do. Um, but what we have to do in that realm is say, okay, what areas of marketing am I comfortable with? What aligns with me? And what can I do that will work for my business, right? Because there's thousands of tactics out there. We have to find something that fits with us, something that we can do on a regular basis and you know, is making a difference and bringing that return on investment. Yeah. So, yeah, the truth is, you know, the dishes got to be washed sometimes, right? 
there's so much wisdom in that advice. And, and uh, you said it so succinctly that I, I'm afraid people might miss it. But mm-hmm. one of the questions I get asked a lot is like, you know, should I use this strategy? Should I use that strategy? Should I, do I have to, you know, set up a website or do I have to, mm-hmm. you know, be active on social media? How can I ever post all day, every day? Well, who has time for that? And, uh, and and I, I love the way that you approach this is I, I found there's not necessarily one strategy that works and there's not really any one strategy that doesn't work. There are a few, but none none that would be in the realm of what we'd be asking about. What really I found is the, the key thing is, does is it something that you can do consistently over time? Mm-hmm. Right? Is, is it at least close enough to align with how, you, how you're built, how you're wired, what you enjoy, that you can find enough joy in the journey of that to stick with it over time? Uh, So I I love that and just want to double up on it because I think it's so important. It's not about going out and finding the silver bullet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about finding that thing that you can do and just keep doing and keep doing and diligently. Yes. Yes. It's so true because consistency is key, right? And not just with putting out our content, but even, you know, with what we're doing week after week to get that momentum and build our business. Yeah. No, I was working with a client once and when I first started working with her, she was having a blog. So she sat down and wrote out some ideas for a blog. And then she had someone sort of take that and, and, you know, edit it and spice it up and post it. And it was starting to become a thorn in her side. The, you know, the team member would be like, we're out of blog posts. We need some more outlines and okay. And she'd try and find time to, to fit it in. And it really wasn't working for her in terms of a return on investment. Yes, she was getting some views, but not a lot of conversions from that. Right. And so, you know, we had that discussion saying, okay, blog working, blog writing isn't working. What could we do instead? And so we brainstormed through around a bunch of ideas and, you know, podcast was one that came up. Well, certainly podcasts are popular these days, easy for people to listen to and go. Um, But again, there were some fears there, you know, well, can I actually do this? And, you know, can I sit in front of my microphone and talk to people for half an hour sure. once a week and, you know, all of those things. But we worked through those. And when she did get a process in place for having the podcast, it's been smooth sailing since, right? It's much easier for her. She has her team members, you know, pitch and find guests. And she just basically shows up, does a little bit of research beforehand, does the interview, her team edits, her team posts. So, so much easier from her end. Right. And we're actually getting a lot more views and a lot more listens, I guess I should say, um, than we were getting with the blog writing, right? Yeah. So just having that mindset shift that, okay, maybe this isn't the best for me and what can I do instead? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, there's a question I like to ask everyone. I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say. Um, mm-hmm. The question's this. What would you say is the biggest secret that you wish was not a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish every founder, CEO, solopreneur uh, listening today knew? Yes. Okay. I think, Scott, my answer would be that data and metrics is not scary. And so that might seem a bit strange, but in line with what we're talking about today, a lot of making these decisions has to be looking from an objective point of view, right? What is the data showing me? Is this bringing me a return on investment, right? I'm posting on five social media channels three times a week, if that's what it is. Where are my people really? Where are people actually reading my posts and converting? Whether that's signing up for my email list or coming to something I'm um, doing for free, you know, where are they actually interacting with the things I'm putting out there? Mm. And so then if there's things that we're going to pause or stop, we need to know from objective viewpoint by looking at the data, 
okay, this I'm doing, it's not bringing me a return on investment, so I can stop. Yeah. Right? So really that data and metrics doesn't have to be scary and we need that information to make those informed decisions. Mm, yeah. Uh, so one more question for you here, and then I want to make sure we, we, we can point people in your direction because I know there's folks listening that are like, absolutely, Donna's got this figured out. I don't need to figure it out. She can help. Uh, so before we get there, though, I want to have you take off your coach consultant uh, operator hat even and put on your CEO hat. So what's the next stage of growth look like for you as a CEO and what challenge will you have to overcome to get there? Mm, nice. Yes. So as we're recording this, we're coming to the end of the 2023 year. And so we're all sort of looking ahead for 2024. And so for me, I want to increase um, the amount of effort I'm putting in and the amount of marketing I'm doing towards a group program. So we'll be opening up again in January. And so I'm really going to be focusing on that. Along with, I would say my word is balance. Um, And so while I talk a lot about how to leverage our time and how to have that work-life balance, it's a journey for me too. Yeah. And so, um, you know, my my family has recently had some health concerns, and so that sort of pulled me away a little bit. And so, really, just being mindful of that balance and knowing that what is my capacity, and in this next quarter, how can I make sure that I'm staying within that capacity and keeping my eyes on the most important things. That's so good. So good. Well, Donna, uh, it's just been an absolute delightful episode. Before I let you go, I got to know how can folks get in touch with you. Someone saying, "Hey, I want to work with Donna." Where can they find more out about you and, and the work that you do? Yeah. So my website is ceoamplify.ca and um, you're welcome to explore there. I do have a download which you can grab, which is walking you through the CEO power hour. So that one hour date with yourself, if it's something you're not doing in your business now and that kind of resonated with you, go and grab that and you can see um, the steps on how to put that into place. And then you can also find me on social media, of course, Facebook and LinkedIn. That's awesome. Uh, I want to second that. Grab your copy of the CEO Power Hour playbook. If you're not doing it already, uh, it, it takes all the mystery out and makes it super simple, super practical, and something that you would not believe you lived without if you do it for just a couple of weeks. Uh, so Donna, thank you so much for being on the show. Just tremendous, tremendous time. I really appreciate you. And for everyone watching and listening today, you know your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.